1: Hey, welcome to Faith Marketplace, another Saturday where we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners with resources plus community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. Again, I'm Bob Lambert, the host of Mar- Faith Marketplace, also the founding partner of Samurai Business Group, where we offer entrepreneurs, individuals, small mid market companies, and their teams advanced business development and selling skills. Most of our clients report that they have doubled or tripled their top line revenue within 12 to 18 months. At the Samurai Business Group, we put the win back in your sales. And boy, I wanna tell you today, folks, I've got two fabulous guests. One that's calling in from Michigan, and another one that's all right down there in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, I just had an Atlanta, I just had a Georgia peach by the other day, and boy, was it great. Anyway, I wanna introduce you to my guest today. First up is Will Crooks. He is the VP of Strategic Partnerships for Greater Calling. And boy, you're going to want to listen to this because this is really cool. And a fabulous young lady down in Atlanta by the name of Carly Stevens. She is the manager of community affairs for Gas South. Now, you got to sit there and say to yourself, what the heck is the connection between these two? Well, we're going to be able to have a show to tell you all about that today. Welcome, guys. Uh, Thank you so much, Bob.
2: Thanks for having us.
1: You're welcome. Uh, Let's start out. Ladies first. Okay, Carly, uh, let's talk about some things. You had a couple of quotes in here I was kind of fascinated with. Uh, Why don't you share with the audience uh, the quotes and why do you think of those ones uh, to put into your uh, interview?
2: You know, um, some of my favorite quotes. uh, One is, God will not look you over for medals, degrees, or diplomas, but for scars. That's by Albert (laughs) Hubbard. Um, The other is faith is not the belief that God will do what you want. It is the belief that God will do what is right. And the last one that I love is pray like everything depends on God. Work as if everything depends on you. Uh, Um, I think a lot of these, you know, really um, inspired me because they just come from uh, life lessons. Right. Um, Yeah. No kidding figure okay. out that God doesn't do exactly what you want. But you know, when you hindsight is 2020, 20, you look back and you know that he does what is right. Um, and you hope that he doesn't look you over for medals, degrees or diplomas because I don't have <laughs> a ton of those, but I do have a lot of battle scars. So <laughs>
1: yeah, there you go.
2: <laughs> that accounts for something, but well,
1: why don't we share with uh, Carly what well, we're on you for a little bit here. Why don't we <laughs> share to it uh, with our audience, a little bit of your, back, your background. did you come out of bouncing baby Christian girl?
2: I sure I sure did. I grew up in uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan, and that's a little bit of the connection with Will um, hometown and, you know, came out Christian reformed. uh, Definitely something I grew up in the Christian school system all through college, went to a Christian college as well. Um, And that did a great job of providing me kind of a faith foundation. However, I think, you know, it it was a faith foundation that I had to come back to. Right. Mm. Because life happened. Um, yep. To me, and it was something that, thankfully, was always there, um, but it wasn't always practiced.
1: Ah, I think we all know about that, right? <laughs> <laughs> we all know about that. Hey, Will, you had uh, you had an interesting quote also. I'm really I'm not familiar with this. The uh, author of this, so why don't you share that with the audience?
3: Yeah, Lilla Watson, and um, kind of an Aboriginal proverb. Uh, where she would say, if you've come to help me, you're wasting your time. But if your liberation is bound to mine, then let's work together. Wow. And for me, this is such a powerful quote because oftentimes we want to come in and, and, and help people or do corporate social responsibility or mission trips and think that, you know, we've got the answer or mm. that we can come alongside and somehow rescue um, those that that may be hurting but at the end of the day we're all hurting we're all connected if one part of the body is sore um, that you know the, the whole body is sore and how can we see that our liberation our freedom is bound together with, with everyone in the world and that our motives should be what can we do together versus what I can go and restore or what I can go and reconcile, what I can go and resurrect because we have a, a savior that's already done that. Uh, Jesus Christ did that 2000 years ago. And if we are able to participate in that in a way of human dignity and connectivity, we're less likely to create dependence at that and where we both reach greater levels of liberation and freedom.
1: I love it. You know, it kind of reminds me, if you uh, give a man a fish, he eats for a day. If you teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. And that kind of, to me is, is a juxtaposition of what that quote was, you know, because it's really the liberation part. When you're coming in to your point, you know, uh, we have well intentions going into and doing some of this stuff, but at the end of the day, uh, are they really? Are we really help giving them the opportunity to help themselves too with some Absolutely. of the stuff that we do? And that's really the essence. Uh same question. You what background testimony? Come out of bouncing baby Christian boy out there in Kalamazoo, Michigan.
3: <laughs> that's right. You know, Carly and I kind of grew up in in the same space right here in the saturated reformed world of of West <laughs> Michigan, and I went to uh, Grand Rapids Christian. And went to church since I was uh, out of the womb, uh, well, in the womb as well. So Yeah,
1: there you go. <laughs> I grew
3: up and uh, then went to Purdue University and uh, studied in, in broadcasting. And so my first career out of college was in broadcasting and really heard the voice of the Lord uh, early on calling me into ministry. So I was pastoring then for the next 15 years after broadcasting and then I found myself in the red light district in Ethiopia, Bob. Wow. And we were ministering to, to uh, women who were trapped and trafficked there. 40,000 wow. uh, women there. And as young as 9, 10, 11, 12 oh, years goodness. old. And I'll never forget. Uh, these women would never look you in the eye. And I remember praying for one and saying, God loves you. And she was about 13 years old. And her, her chin... Popped up uh, from her chest. She looked me directly in the eye and tears were streaming down her face. And I was like, oh my goodness, we've made a connection. But what she said next changed my life. She looked at me in the eye and she said, if God loved me, why would I be here? And mm. I've got two daughters, Bob. And I know that I would scratch through a wall to protect them from any type of, of, of that type of um, uh, life or being trafficked. And the tap of the holy spirit said and who's scratching through a wall to protect this child of mine this daughter Mm, of mine right and so that the last 10 years i've been in the uh, non-profit space helping businesses connect and do good around the world
1: yeah and Carly, you have a special role there. You know, maybe you want to share with the audience what, what manager of community affairs really means, because that's, I think, the connection point. We're going to gonna connect the dots for you folks between these two. But what, what's that role all about down there at South Gas?
2: Absolutely. So, I so. What, what I do is um, I do all of our philanthropic efforts, our corporate social responsibility. Um, and so I give 5% of profits from our company back to the community, to children in need. So that's Mm. how Will and I connect. He helps companies do that in a genuine and authentic way. And I try to do it uh, genuinely and authentically for our company at Gas Out so that we're not creating dependency. We're not coming in and swooping in to say, we have the solution and here's your money to do it. It's more what Will was referring to, trying to come alongside communities and people and um, inviting them to work with us together to address some of the issues that we all face um, that will make all of us better um, in how we work, live, play, et cetera. Um, and so, yeah, hopefully that helps kind of connect the dots a little bit.
1: Yeah. You know, Will, you threw me a curveball when I, when I looked at the, you know, the stuff that you sent us and you had CSR reference in there. And I'm thinking, he's not in customer service representative <laughs> stuff. What the heck is that all about? So why don't we explain to the audience what this is, this whole area of corporate social responsibility, Yeah, that's great. You know,
3: it's it's what's the real purpose uh, of of your company in this idea of we do this or we make this product or add this service into Mm -hmm. the community. Uh, But but why do we do that? And Mm -hmm. I think that this idea of corporate social responsibility or CSR is what every purposeful business is about. It's about making the world better through business. And I think the Holy Spirit has been on the move for decades in terms of engaging businesses with causes that change the world, that transform the world for good. And we're here connecting with uh, Christian business leaders to help them do that in a way that's effective and that it's not creating dependency. And in this world of measurable sustainability, where your company needs to have sustainability built in... Um, environmentally, also socially, and then on the governance side as well. And so we're looking at the S space today, or what would generally be called corporate social responsibility, using your business to do good in the world.
1: Yeah, that is great. You know, it's it's like you said, it's been emerging for a decade, but it's really, really hit here, would you say, in the last decade and maybe even sooner than that? Uh, and then another term we're going to dig into a little bit is that ESG term which again, other people may or may not be heard of. I just got introduced to it. I'm going to be telling you right now. I just got introduced to this a couple of weeks ago and talking to a wealth manager specialized in this area for investments. And I thought, wow, you know, that quite a deal. Hey folks, listen, uh, we want you to go out there and check out faithmarketplace.com. we got lots of resources out there, and we're going to have a major announcement coming up here in a couple of weeks about some really cool stuff that we're doing. But I want to encourage you to get out there and take a look. Now, listen, i got a big goodie bag here, so I want you to go out there and text me at 312-210-0603 with the keyword goodies, G-O-O-D-I-E-S, and I'll send you something. But I got it. you got to text me so I can get something to you. And believe me, this goodie bag is jammed full of really neat stuff, so you get out there and do that. Um, Also, get out there and check out my website, SamuraiBizGroup.com. If you want to learn a little bit more how we're helping companies to grow in their top-line revenue, giving them great training, coaching. So we're going to be right back with my special guests, Will Crooks and Carly Stevens. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire,
0: equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio.
1: Hey, we're back here again with my special guest, Will Crooks. He's the VP of Strategic Partnerships at Greater Calling. And Carly Stevens, she is the Manager of Community Affairs at Gas South. Now, one's in Kalamazoo and the other one's down there in Atlanta. So, Carly, um, we we left off about kind of putting a little bit more meat on the bone, you know, about corporate social responsibility. And that's what you do. That's what you head up down there at... uh, Gas South. So why don't we share with the audience a little bit more of some of the things that you have to go about, some of the challenge you've had maybe within your own organization for people to kind of understand what this effort is.
2: Absolutely. Um, You know, this is actually more of a newer effort for our company. It started in 2017. Our leadership got together to really define the purpose of our company. Um, You know, to Will's point of what, why do we do what we do? We have to be a little bit more about just selling natural gas. Um, which is what our product is. And so they came up with the purpose to be a fuel for good. And then I was hired to help define what does that really mean? <laughs> what, how do we do that? Um, and so working in the nonprofit world before I came over to Gas South really helped me uh, start establishing some partnerships with nonprofits in our area that were doing really great work. Um, and looking at what are the areas of impact that we as a company want to have. So we partnered um, with our large United Way down here um, and their efforts of child well-being and really define that space for children in need for our company if that's Mm -hmm. where we wanted to focus. Um, But you know, there are challenges with that in terms of giving money isn't as easy as it sounds. There's a lot (laughs) of relationship building and vetting to be done. It's also a lot of inspiring your employees to be able to get involved in this as well. You know, you want to make sure that you're not just um, writing checks and taking pictures and posting those on social media to pat Uh, your own self on the back as a company. uh, Well said. Really trying to be, um, and I'm stealing this from Will, everyone, but really trying to be transformational instead of transactional when it comes to companies being involved in their community. Community. We want to make sure that not only are the community's voices um, heard within our strategy, so asking what the community really needs, um, and we also want to make sure our employees' voices are heard. They're another type of community that we serve in corporate social responsibility, so making sure that they feel empowered to give back in a way that feels good to them, supported by their company is really important so there's a lot of um i would say influencing without authority in my role right Right. so i don't have a vp title like will does but um i do need to influence our executives to make sure that we are always um, viewing our policies our work in the community our treating our employees through the lens of our purpose to be a fuel for good to make sure that we're always aligning with our values in those spaces
1: Yeah. Will, you got anything to add?
3: Well, I want Carly to touch a little bit more in this idea of marketing for more business. (laughs) Yeah, you knew you knew that was coming. The idea and and there is a tension there because you want people to know what you're doing and for your brand to be out there. But -hmm. there's also the tension of just doing good. And so there's sometimes a wrestling match there, isn't there, Carly?
2: There absolutely is. And, you know, in the um, vein of transparency, that's really what we did for the first 10 years of our company's inception is we used community affairs as a platform to sponsor galas, golf tournaments, 5Ks for nonprofits, because we were able to get a presence in terms of marketing in the community, right? We're in front of people, potential customers. We have our logo on tents and in brochures and flyers and on websites. And, you know, once we got to a spot where we were really re-looking at formulating our purpose and looking at why we're doing things, you know, I have the conversation, I will say often uh, with our company and marketing department that we have a marketing department, right? That's what their job is, is the billboards and the commercials and the (laughs) logos and flyers and tchotchkes and promo items. But that is not a space for our corporate social responsibility. That is not a philanthropic space. So if we want to sponsor a nonprofit for an event, that's fine, but if it results in a B2B, a business to business relationship, we're doing it because we want their business. We're doing it because one of our large industrial customers serves on their board, Right, that's fine, but that doesn't come out of my budget. That doesn't come out of the philanthropy (laughs) arm. That comes out of the marketing arm because that's marketing. What is the intent, right, behind why we're doing what we're doing, and having those conversations? To Will's point, um, can can be challenging sometimes because we don't always like to um, acknowledge our intent, uh, even sometimes when it's unconscious too, right? Like we can't we can't quite put a finger on it. So. Um, it's really looking at those opportunities of if, if are we really doing this because we want to make impacts? then we really need to consider, hey, giving money to support operational or administrative or overhead costs of nonprofits. Let's really talk about that because if we really want to do good, nonprofits are businesses too. So why yeah. aren't we funding them to be able to run like a business? Um, and why are we requiring um, all of our money dollar for dollar to go to impact I mean, there's there's so much to unpack there, but I just think that we it always comes back to that conversation around the intent of why we're trying to do something and why right. we're trying to fund something and getting to the heart of that. And that's, yeah, and that's the intention with marketing.
1: That's yeah. a, that's why you made a great distinction between those two. And also the whole, uh, you know, the authenticity part of this, because I got to tell you, dealing with the younger generation, they've got their BS meter up pretty high and <laughs> yeah. they're really calling, they're calling people on this stuff you know, as yeah. to to your point, what's the intention here? And uh, I so think that's I, really I,
3: good, Bob. I think you're on it. And if you think about the younger generation, they're now the largest population of the workforce. And so it. that's that is the voice that that is the loudest these days. And it's this idea when we work with companies at Greater Calling, uh, we we talk about that from the top all the way around in the organization, this idea of authenticity. The mm-hmm. idea of buy-in, that it's not just a check-off, and the idea that through that buy-in, there is communication, that there is a narrative and a story that is a part of your company. So it's enmeshed in who you are in the DNA of your company. And And Carly Carly has a vision for Gas South is that this is a part of every department. It is not a siloed department. Right. Is
1: right. Yeah and that's great. Uh, Carly in implementing this uh, uh, do you get the sense or do you get a better responsiveness to the younger from the younger employees when you uh, share oh, this abso-
2: Absolutely. I think it's really interesting and we're also finding so with our employees our uh, 50% of our workforce is our mm-hmm. millennials or younger and they what I find interesting and I'm generalizing here so any millennials listening I apologize um <laughs> I am a geriatric millennial. I have found out because (laughs) I was born in the early eighties. But um, I would say that a lot of our younger employees want to know that we're doing it, but it doesn't mean that they're going to be actively engaged in doing it with us, but it is important for them to know and feel like they are supported if they want to do something. And they want to know that a company is playing in this space Um, from a customer standpoint. And, And a marketing standpoint, what's interesting is actually our customers who are in um, the Gen X category and boomers category are actually more interested in hearing about our community work. And Mm. the millennials and Gen Zs want to hear more about our sustainability and environmental work, Ah. given that we're a utility company. Right. it's interesting in terms of employees versus customers, but then also demographically, you know, where they fall and their age range in terms of what they want to hear about. So we take that into consideration, too.
1: That is great. And, and uh, Will, why don't you clean up for us a little bit of this term ESG? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah, these are measurements just for uh, companies in terms of what, uh, as Carly said, what customers are expecting um, what you can be certified in and which is going to produce more business, but what it's going to produce is a more, uh, to, 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 to coin, uh, John Mackey, a, a, uh, company that is consciously capitalistic, right? Is okay. the company is there to make money. Uh, it's also there to support the community and to support the environment in the world. So the E in that is the environmental, the the, the idea of emissions, uh, the idea of recycling, the idea of caring for the environment. And then you can be scored on that and be certified in that. Okay. On the social side, you're really looking at not only the treatment of employees, but how your your efforts are are, are seen in the community and beyond. Do you see this? Human connectivity, this global link to one another, and, and how do you do that well uh, in that social space? And then in the governance space, it's the idea of uh, accountability, mm-hmm. uh, responsibilities in in your policies and procedures uh, as a business. So it's kind of the umbrella of conscious capitalism, Bob.
1: So is there is they're scoring all the all three of those environment, sociability, and also governance? So and they're scoring the in that. And yep. and uh you know obviously this has got some effect on the street too right as far as the evaluation of a company
3: Sure absolutely is and it and it's going to be a win for employees in terms of why they want to work for the organization right. and stay engaged with that organization but also on the customer side and then ultimately on the company side in the brand not to mention the community it serves so it's really a four part win Bob
1: Yeah I I want to dig into that a little bit more because I like I said, I, I, I don't know what planet I was living on. Then all of a sudden this has become a, and it's very timely because I got educated on this the other day by somebody. I really got schooled on it. And I, I'm really, really excited about this also because I know what's going on with these young people and how they're really making a change. And you spoke eloquently about that, Carly. Well, listen, folks, if you thought this is great, you got to wait. We got another segment coming back and then we're going to have a mystery round table in our last segment. So I'm not going to tell you what it is. We're just going to be a mystery, okay? So you got to stay with us. Uh, and we're going to be right back with my special guests here, Will Crooks and Carly Steffens, in about uh, five or six minutes here, okay? So, <laughs> no, we're going to be right back. This
0: is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders.
1: Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here at Faith Marketplace Radio with my special guest today, Will Crooks, the VP of Strategic Partnerships at Greater Calling, and Carly Stevens, the Manager of Community Fairs at Gas South. Uh, one from Kalamazoo, the other one from Georgia. Okay, but they're both from, originally from Kalamazoo, as we found out in our earlier segments. So if you're joining us late, these two people actually got discovered each other. Uh, remotely, and it's come together, and they're here as my guest today, and it's fabulous. Hey, guys, let's just dive in a little bit here. We spent a lot of time talking about you know, corporate uh, social responsibility and uh, ESG, what that stands for, environmental, uh, social, and uh, governance, but I'd like to know both of you uh, from the standpoint, and I'm going to start with you, Carly. How do you tie your faith into this now? How does that play a role in what you're doing?
2: Oh, absolutely, Bob. I would say that this role within a company, my company is not, um, it's not Christian based or faith based, Um, but this role for me has been just an incredible role in terms of being a Christian, because I feel like I'm able to make, um, incredible connections in our community, do really good work, um, that connects just with who I am, um, but I, you know, I would say when I started out in my career, no matter what business you're in and when no matter what role you play, um, your faith, if it's something that you can't necessarily always express externally, um, you know, on a platform that you have, there's still those opportunities every day to be that person, right, that interacts a little bit differently with their colleagues, that, mm-hmm. um really shows or models, um, a way of behavior, you know, it being in Atlanta, traffic is ridiculous down here. Mm. So I always have to think to myself pre pandemic, right before we were commuting to and from work. Um, I always had to think to myself, you know, faith is something for me, it's as small as how am I acting, thinking, doing something different in my car, as I commute in traffic, than the person next to me who may not be of faith. So, you know, am I honking my horn? Am I screaming expletives at somebody when I'm sitting in six lanes of traffic? Um, How do I do that in day-to-day, even really small things? I have the incredible opportunity in my role at my company to do a little bit larger things in terms of giving money back to the community to help where their greatest need is. And that really fulfills me as a Christian because I feel like I can live out a lot of my purpose and values through this role. But You know, I always have to be honest with myself to say, I could have done that in any role that I held. I just would have to maybe try a little harder, right, to look for those opportunities. So I just encourage everyone to to be able to find those ways um, in terms of interacting with colleagues, in terms of if you're setting policy, if you're talking to customers, if you're selling a product, you know, there are ways that you can do that differently without outwardly stating, I am a Christian, but that people... interact with you will know that there is something different about you in terms of the dignity, the respect, the love, and the grace that you provide in your day-to-day interactions.
1: Yeah, well said. Beautiful. You know, the other thing, too, that I I, I kind of get on my pulpit about, (laughs) pardon the pun, but it's, you know, that uh, work is quoted more times in the Bible than worship. God made us to work. What do you do for the first six days? Uh, What was the first job assignment he gave? Gave it to Adam, right? And it was about work. Uh, God comes up alongside us, that and I look at that as ministry. A lot of folks don't. I mean, they, yeah. uh, you know, they get out of the car on Sunday and leave Jesus in the car. You know, we are we are called to work with excellence. That puts us apart. And as a Christian in a workplace, no matter what your job is, is to work with excellence because that does stand out. It does show up. And so, uh, and also our leaders out there, you have a responsibility, particularly to our younger workers today, to walk it. You know, that's what they're watching. They're watching you walk, not to talk. I mean, they watch for a couple of decades, everybody, you know, talking one way and walking a different direction. And uh, they're highly skeptical. So how you walk and show up, we're not perfect people. We know that. I'm certainly not. But the fact of the matter is that you're given it the effort and the try to actually walk it out. And people really admire that. They respect it. And they will follow that. Uh, Will, how about you? Now, obviously, you have been a pastor. You have a you know, got theological background, all that. So what, now you're stepping out into the corporate world, the secular world with some of this stuff. Um, how do you lead you know, in that with your faith? It's an imitation.
3: And it is just as both of you are saying. It's through our actions, through our love, through our grace, through our look. Uh, it doesn't have to be called Something mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be labeled or verbalized. These are kingdom principles that we live out in our every day. Mm-hmm. And for us is we invite people at greater calling into an opportunity to introduce anyone to the love of Jesus Christ. Here's why I say that is I felt that my role as a pastor, I had one role is to help people get closer to God. Right. And when I was in this tension of, do I leave the local church and pursue something more corporately with, with greater calling, the Lord showed me a verse, Jeremiah twenty two sixteen, and God says, if you want to know me, defend the cause of the poor and needy. And so now this opportunity, and Carly has the same way at Gas South when when they invest into children and into education, is when they put themselves in these opportunities, they're meeting God in very, very unique and in powerful ways, whether they're self-proclaimed Christians or not. And so it's a wonderful opportunity for business leaders. Uh, to come alongside and to introduce people to God through caring for the poor and needy, and so my faith is activated each and every day uh, in that way of inviting people to that.
1: So share us a, share a story with me, Will, as to some interaction that you've had. We where, you, where all of a sudden the you know the bulb went off and people got this you know that this was a God thing that was a calling.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think. Uh, you know we lead vision trips uh, mm-hmm. with with business leaders uh, all the time uh, presenting at a c12 group uh, just mm-hmm. recently and talking about how uh, there there can be an investment of your business within within your core competencies and so there was a uh, counseling office that does 400 counseling sessions a day wow. which you know which is a an, almost a, a tragic number right, right. Um, but uh and and she began to speak of well what if we gave just one dollar of that of each one of those sessions a day and so those coming in know that they're coming in they're having a greater purpose uh in mm. in that and so we said okay well what could we use those dollars for in some of our programming internationally surrounds grief and trauma And we have grief and trauma centers uh, where counseling in in that type, then that happens. And so just to see this business leader's eyes light up of, we could do that. We could use (laughs) what we're good at and use our competencies to make a difference around the world. And our customers could know that as well. It's like, absolutely. And so that's the great intersection as just one story.
1: That's awesome. (laughs) That's so cool. Well, Carly, I know that you gave me some really inspiring words of that you uh, that you would have told your younger self, so why don't you share that with our audience as to some words of wisdom that you would have shared with your younger self?
2: Oh, so many, Bob, right? but I <laughs> <Yeah>. would say <laughs> um, you know for me, I think being in business, I'm an a type personality, I like to have control, um and mm-hmm. so I just want to think told myself that you can't control God's plan for your life um and <laughs> Faith is a long term investment, and in that you have to give yourself the time and the grace and make sure that you surround yourself with people who are grounded in faith as well. Um, for me, I went through some dips and changes in my life, um, some divorces that I were, did not plan, right? Who does? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of what I wanted for my life and where I thought I would be, and so just making sure that you know, um, when you are kind of in that business mindset and you want to control things, you always have to remember that God has a plan for your life, and it doesn't mean it's yours and what you yeah. want, right? But it's it's well, old age, right? For right?
1: You. If you yeah. want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, how about how about you, Will? What, what would you have told your younger self? Boy, I would have sat down, young
3: Billy. <laughs> and uh, I would have said, uh, surround yourself with, with great people that inspire you. Surround yourself with people who will know you, that you can be honest with and vulnerable with, and that will totally accept you for you and be that same type of person to all, all that you meet. I would tell young Billy, I would say, risk something. Mm. Risk something of yourself. Risk something in relationship. Take a chance that it's going to have uh, a, a possible, a really, really uh, traumatic impact uh, if, if it doesn't work, uh, where it's beyond you and you're really trusting and leaning into God at that point. Okay. Uh, I've heard it said that uh, there's the two most important days of your life the day that you are born. And the day that you
1: figure out why you were born, why you were born. Yeah. Well, you also did gave me something to chew on because it really resonated with me. But why don't you share with our audience uh, something cool, funny, amazing about you real quick here. Oh, my goodness. I would say
3: that uh, I'm a master uh, cattle herder. And uh, most people don't know that I'm six foot six and 240 pounds. And the key to being a master master cattle herder is to not show fear. And if you have confidence <laughs> with the cattle, you can move them anywhere where you want to be. I've not okay. only done it in the U.S. but also internationally in Uganda.
1: I love it. And then you also had a unique experience with uh, trophy. Oh, the Stanley Cup! Absolutely. Spent uh,
3: spent an entire evening and night with the Stanley Cup. A good friend of mine, Mike Knubel. Uh, played for the Detroit Red, Rings. Red Wings, won a Stanley Cup, and I was in broadcasting at the time. He said, bring your camera down. Let's spend the night with the Stanley Cup. So but was able to drink champagne and uh, just celebrate and lift that uh, famous trophy over my head.
1: Okay, which well, is a second remain, Carly, until we get in the next segment here. What's interesting, cool, and funny about you? Because you had a whole bowl load of stuff, but, you know.
2: <laughs> I would just say that I am a karate instructor. So, might ah. be for kindergartners, but I can still uh, I can
1: still defend myself. <laughs> I love it, and you had I mean j- I got tired just looking at the list you had down of all the different things you have done. It is absolutely amazing, folks, of overachiever. a lady has done, yeah, mm. absolutely. Master hey, well, listen, you want to stick around for our next segment? We're going to roundtable a mystery guest, so you got to be come back for that mystery roundtable subject, okay? Uh, and I'm going to be back here with Will and Carly.
0: This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio.
1: I promise you we're back here for our mystery subject, and Will came up with a great one. Will, what are we gonna talk about? We're gonna talk about travel.
3: Um, A lot of people love to travel. A lot of bucket lists include where you wanna go, but where have you been? I think travel has a lot to do with our our global mindset, our worldview. And I think we learn so much about ourselves and others when we put ourselves in a different culture
1: and an opportunity to to learn and to grow. Okay, so uh, Carly, where where would the, an example that be for you?
2: You know, it's um, so I actually did a mission trip when I was in college, but it was to the Appalachian Mountains, which I'm a little bit closer to now that I'm in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And although it's not um, a different global culture, right, it is a different culture. And I think just what I learned overall in terms of when you're interacting with any culture, right, is that you have to, to Will's point, you have to listen. You really have to understand um, and be open to listening, to what uh, experiences are, what life is uh, for that culture, and not come in and kind of bring your own preconceived notions. Um, mm. And I really think, you know, this was really applicable over the past year, too, with the social injustices that happened and just bringing light, to There are different cultures that we need to be much more um, aware of, gracious of, and thinking about what can we really learn from them, you know, and in terms of if it's not look or see like you, you know, what can you really bring into your life and bring back? And from that culture, when I was there, you know, it was just really more about family. Mm -hmm. They lived in hollers. And so just the (laughs) connection, right, of living together and how much they relied on one another. And in my culture, right, which was uh, the Midwest at that point, was just really a little bit more about autonomy and being independent and um really brought back with me just the feeling of we need that connectedness we need our families whether they're blood or not to uh, rely on one another to really support each other because that culture had just as m- many blessings much richness um as mine and yet I was much more well off in terms of money so <laughs> oh, really had I a love that
3: home. Yeah. can I tag can I tag team on that one Bob with my story yep go for it uh just this idea of i believe that god places wonder awe and genius in every corner of every nation and i remember being in uganda and meeting a a boy named silver he was 12 years old bob and we 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 roll up on this guy and we're talking mud hut rural uganda he's got uh, glasses on that are that are all broken up he's got wires hanging from his pockets and we're like you know who are you and he's like I'm silver and I fi- I can fix anything so he's fixing <laughs> solar panels he's fixing <laughs> radios and cell phones and he's making money because both his parents died to put his to put his siblings through school so oh, he, wow. he child headed household I'm taking control of this and we're like wow you're amazing and he says you want to see something amazing he says come to my hut and so we walk over to his hut and he pulls back this curtain and out of spare parts he had built a radio station (laughs) and so we got in our van and had a two mile radius and he says this is how i get the word of god out into the village Wow. And we said, Silver, you are amazing. And as we're walking down the road, his, his watch begins to ring and he clicks it and he starts talking on his watch. He starts talking to his wrist. He had created like an Apple watch before they were ever created <laughs> out of spare parts. And so coming alongside this kid and then providing um, opportunity for him in engineering at the uh, at the capital city and in the university there. Unbelievable, world changer. And just to the point of God places assets and uniqueness, wonder, and awe in every part of the world.
1: I love that. That is so cool. That is so cool. And I certainly can relate, uh, Carly, to your story, too, about Appalachia. <laughs> uh, been there. <laughs> and you're right. It is, a, it is very distinct, you know, as far as a part of our country and our culture. Uh, I had the privilege and honor of touring uh, both Spain uh, and France and Italy, uh, for a period of almost a month and this goes back back a ways but uh, I was struck by the difference in the cultures too and the difference in, in in not only just where I was at but kind of the regions of these areas much like the United States you know we have different regions of this of, of our great country uh, but to your point also was also there was you know having respect and dignity for other people uh, I, I my my father-in-law is really a Spaniard and and I have to tell you i I, I Describe him as quiet gentry, because he's like kind of like the old uh, the old uh, advertisement E. F. Hutton when he speaks, you want to listen, you know. Uh, And he says things with the economy of words, but you want to listen to him. And uh, we experience that a lot when we over in in Europe, especially in Spain. You know how uh, there's a there's a quiet dignity about the people, how they go about things. Now I will have to tell you that what I wasn't prepared for was the Three, hour, uh, three rush hours a day because they do take siesta in the mid, uh, middle of the afternoon. And then they come back to work about five o'clock and work till 10. And that's when they have their dinner hours. It starts at about 10, 30. That was quite quite an experience for me because I thought, how in the world do they keep this up? And they're back at it the next day doing it all over again. And um, and there's, a, there's alcohol involved in some of that, too. So, you know, it's like, man, I, you know. Uh, I don't know that I would survive working there in that environment very long, but it was great. It was just awesome. So, uh, Carly, you have any other experiences, obviously down there in Atlanta, uh, is that culturally that's a little bit different for you, isn't it?
2: Uh, absolutely. I mean, I'm right in the heart of the Bible belt. So, yeah. you know, being from the Midwest and the heart of the Reformed uh, Christian reforms community, but then moving down to the Baptist Bible belt, that was really interesting. Um, you know, just kind of an anecdote on that. When I first came down to the uh, to Georgia, I joined a Baptist church because I was looking for a church home, and there were no CRC denominations down here, so <laughs> Baptist was what existed. And I joined the Baptist church, um, but in order to join, I had to be rebaptized because they didn't uh, acknowledge my infant baptism, my infant okay. sprinkle in the CRC, and okay. so. Um, at the, yeah, in my mid twenties, I had to be dumped in a tub. And I, you know, it was one of those things where I told the pastor and the congregation, I said, I will do this only if I can explain that this is not for my salvation because I have already been baptized and saved. Um, but this is for membership in your church. Um, (laughs) so I guess they were hard pressed for members because they allowed me to do that, but (laughs) it was definitely an interesting experience to say the least. Um, but again, there's a lot of things we can learn from one another. And I think we just always need to be open and gracious and, um, you know, we always have to remember to learn leaders. Um, I think it was, it, they used to say leaders are readers yep. um, in terms of, right. Like you always read if you want to lead. Um, but it's really changed now to leaders are learners. And so yes. just remembering that mindset, uh, and every aspect of what you do is to sit back and, and learn from others.
1: Any final thoughts here, Will, before we uh, have to, I can't believe it's going this fast, but any final thoughts? I think it's fantastic.
3: Just even in my own home home culture here in downtown Kalamazoo, Mm -hmm. the transactional nature of of being with people that find themselves homeless versus can you see someone, can you step in, can you share a meal with and then watch your life change?
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, well said. New culture is all around us.
1: Yeah, it is all around us and, and, it's, and it's really changing. You know, I mean, I think this, if anything, what this pandemic did for us is actually, I believe, create a greenfield for Christianity, you know, and because there's so much need out there and we can be those hands and feet of Christ if we really put our mind to it and show the love of our neighbor to our neighbor. And I'm hearing some fabulous things that have happened through this whole thing, even though it's been crushing for a lot of people, there's, there's some really exciting things that have happened. I can't believe it's over with, folks. Again, this is Faith Marketplace Radio here on Saturday, every Saturday, noon to one o'clock here on AM 1160. Hope for your life. I hope you'll come back and join us again next Saturday when I'm going to have another fabulous guest or two that are going to talk about their faith and their work. That's where we're here to inspire, equip, and encourage Christians to lead where they're at uh, by their walk. So stay tuned. We'll be back here again next week on AM 1160. Hope for your life.